you know, everyone wants to know what they're made of. You know, when you go to the gym, you, yeah. you see people wear these shirts that says, never quit, never die, uh, yeah. never give up. And But very few people are really tested. And that's what I, one thing I liked about these longer distances. You know, as an athlete, you start wondering, where's my breaking point? And I, I, to be honest, I struggled after I did the Triple Crown of 200s that I'm wondering, really, what's next for me? And yeah. that's when I fell in love with ITI. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to this week's episode of the Run the Riot podcast. This week, once again, we've got my friend Sean Barnes. This is the third time we've got him on. You know why? Because he's doing some stuff. (laughs) He's the first guy I think that we've had on. First person three times. Pretty cool. Well, uh, if you remember, we had Sean on originally. We had him and his coach on uh, when they talked about uh, him doing the Triple Crown of 200s. And so, man, we dove into all that, the training, all the logistics and everything. That was a fun episode. And I'll I'll put the links in the show notes for the previous episodes. And then we had him on um, to kind of catch up. And uh, he... We talked about the Iditarod Trail Invitational, 350 mile, and um, he didn't. He ended up not finishing it. He had some trouble with navigation and some different things uh, in that last episode. We talked about that, and in this episode, this is going to be fun. We get to talk about how he regrouped, retooled, uh, redid his training, and he went and finished the 350 mile Iditarod Trail Invitational in Alaska. A Man, I just like, okay, these extreme temperatures, guys, y'all are nuts. The bad water, and then now the, the Iditarod is like the, the frozen and the furnace. Man, I, uh, man, maybe I need to challenge myself some more. Maybe I need to listen to some more Goggins or something and go run on the surface of the sun. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a great episode where we talk about how it went, how it went down. And keep listening at the end because uh, I get his girlfriend on uh, after we're done and talk about her perspective on his training and how it was um, just being so many miles away back home while he's in Alaska and she's just watching a little dot and uh, while he's running for eight days and, and just talk about that. So that was that was kind of a, a fun treat at the end to see how uh, she reacted to that. But real quick, before we get started, um, we want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Pure Tiva. Man, I love this stuff. Uh, I have I've had some friends that are trying it, um, and they're they're loving it. They're working. It's working for them. They're reordering. Um, I think the favorite thing people like is the roll-on. Uh, it's got a magnesium, uh, a thousand gra- milligrams of broad-spectrum CBD. It's really great when you got troubled spots to roll it on uh, affected areas and muscles and soreness. Uh, I love the cream. I also love the Tiva tabs. And my goodness, the gummies uh, th- to help you sleep at night. They've got... Um, um, Oh, melatonin and some other things in it and just talk about get a good night's rest with those and those are new uh on the website you go to tiva.theriot.run uh and you can check it out um yeah check those out man and if you do try them let me know uh let me know how it works for you let me know how it works for your soreness it's it's for recovery pure tiva cbd recovery made here in the usa check it out and as always we are brought to you by the outlaw race series 
guys, check it out. Last week, I ran the Lake McMurtry run, uh, 50K in Stillwater. It was fantastic. The weather was kind of cold to start and got kind of warm at the end, but it was a beautiful day. It was a good time with good people, like I advertise all the time. Uh, if you want to hear a little bit more about the race, check out this week's Midweek Motivation. Uh, I give a kind of mini race report, but I want to tell you, man, it was a, such a good time. Uh, I even saw, I got to visit with a bunch of listeners from the podcast, and uh, man, guys, you all killed it. It was a great day. It was good seeing everyone. And so, uh, man, you want to be a part of a good trail running community, uh, do some of the Outlaw Race Series races. Uh, coming up next in the series is the Greater Roadrunner Trail Run at Roman Nose State Park in Watonga. There's a 4, 6, and a 12-mile. Uh, there's also the Flower Moon in Pawhuska in May. I'll be doing the 50-mile there. Might be a little hot, but it, it'll be fun. It'll be a good challenge, good training for the Tahoe 200. Um, also, Dark and Dirty in Wilburton in July. There's the Thunderbird in November. And then, of course, the Outlaw 100 in February that's got distances from 135 all the way down to 5K. And then also the Flat Rock in Independence, Kansas. That one's in uh, September, actually on my birthday. And so uh, I think my daughter's going to run it. And uh, so, yeah, I'll be out there. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah, that's so check out the Outlaw race series www.outlaw100.com um you'll love those races we are also brought to you by the full moon 50k this is in perryville arkansas another fantastic race uh great training if you're doing the arkansas traveler you kind of like almost have to do the full moon 50k because start and finish is the same area so you can get the lay of the land. It's good training. There's a 25K, a 50K, and then now there's a 50 miler. It might be sold out, but it's there. Uh, it's July 16th and 17th. It starts at night uh, because it's hot as Hades out there and pretty humid, but boy, it's good training. Um, use the code RTR2021. That stands for Run the Riot 2021 when you sign up and you get 10% off. You go to fullmoon50k.com and use RTR2021. Listen, proceeds from this race will go to the Arkansas Ultra Running Cross Country Fund. And uh, what that does is help high school cross country teams fund equipment purchases in areas with a large concentration of low income students. And also, uh, part of the proceeds go to the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund that benefits the Arkansas chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And last but certainly not least, check out my people at Runner's World Tulsa. Man, I love. When somebody's asking about where they can try certain shoes on, where they can do, you know, find packs and stuff, I can say, hey, go to Runner's World Tulsa. Check them out. Um, you can go to the website, www.runnersworldtulsa.com, and they, there's some of the stuff that they have there. They also have some races they put on. Fantastic people. Listen, they know what they're doing. Kathy's done. I think she's about to do her 50th 100. Yeah, her 50th. That's crazy. Man, experienced people, man. You need something about with to deal with running from a from a mile to 200 miles, man. They will be able to help you with what you need. So check out my friends at Runners World Tulsa. All right. Let's get started with my friend Sean Barnes. All right, Sean, it's good to have you back on the podcast, brother. And then you look, oh, thanks, you, David. So, you look warm. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the, here in the Midwest, it's still um, pretty cool. And some of our nights still get down in the 30s. <laughs> oh, man, man. Well, you know, I think the last picture I saw of you, though, was right after uh, <laughs> right after ITI. So, <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it's definitely, um, it's actually, uh, uh, 
in here in the Chicago area, it's definitely a lot warmer than uh, Alaska, of course, but yeah. So. Yeah. No, okay. Well, we're, we're getting uh, here in Oklahoma. We're getting it kind of, I think it's going to get down to thirties uh, maybe tonight and tomorrow, but um, so I'm running a, a race Saturday um, and um, it's going to be like 30 in the morning and then get up to 80. It's be like 30s yeah, in the wow. 30s and in the 80s. So I just layers, I guess, you know, it's so weird <laughs> having to deal yeah, with those that. Those are the, the challenging races when they're, you know, this is a wide variety of temperature. Um, I remember that Moab 240, you get a bad sunburn during the day. And then nighttime, you have your puffy jacket on, hats, gloves, and you're freezing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've heard people say that that's the coldest they've ever gotten was, you know, <laughs> Moab. <laughs> right, right. Well, so. um, well, so last time we chatted, man, you were you were pumped. You were getting ready mentally, physically, uh, getting all your stuff together. You were getting ready to do 350 miles in the Alaskan frozenness right, <laughs> for the right, ITI. Right. And so, man, uh, we're on the other side of that. And so, OK, if I have to ask you before we even get to the particulars, if, if I had to ask you to describe your whole experience with one word, what would it be? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I should have warned a you. journey, uh, a journey. Uh, yeah. It's I mean, it was a journey that was in three years in the making. Yeah. Um, and there was highs and lows during that journey. Um, and, uh, but you get to the end and you go, wow, this, that was inc- incredible. And so, oh man, man. Well, it was so exciting. Uh, like we said before, I hit record, just, just following the dot, you know, the dot that was, <laughs> that right. was Sean, but, um, so tell me, let's do a kind of a recap real quick before we get to the starting line. Um, what did you do to prepare yourself physically and otherwise to get ready? Just, let's just review kind of that. So people who maybe hadn't heard the previous podcast, get an idea of, of all that's involved. Right. So, you know, I, I attempted it one time before I failed. Um, I don't think I was, I think I was in, in shape to do it. I mean, I, I couldn't get more miles in, in the week. I had high mileage every single week, mm-hmm. but this time around, uh, I kind of focused on that. I also need to strength train. I started nice. pretty much every week. I was doing every day, two workouts a day, strength training and course running. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I got more and more comfortable with the gear. So I went out to Yellowstone and did hundred miles snowshoeing. Um, I went to the Canada border, uh, I did around 60 miles and, you know, negative 20, negative 30 degree temperatures. So, uh, I, I just, I really focused on the a race mm-hmm. and everything I leading up to it, it had a, there's a reason why I did it just to, you know, hopefully that was going to help me in the Diderot trail invitational. And so, wow. So, yeah. So you got a little more, a little more focused on that race. Cause I know, I think before, I mean, you were doing a lot of great races and, and things that would prepare you, but maybe not as specific to Iditarod, right? Right. That, yeah. that, and, um, I got really comfortable with my gear. I was very familiar with, you know, comfortable with snowshoeing. Um, if I need to put those on, uh, going over a pass, I felt comfortable with doing that over long distances. Yeah. Um, also mentally, I went into a little differently. Uh, when you run hundred miles, you're always thinking about the clock. You're always yeah, thinking yeah. about, you know, going sub 24, you're, you're thinking about the cutoffs, you're thinking about everything where in this, because when you can go up to 10 days to get that many miles in, and you're doing these really extreme conditions, I really stopped thinking about the clock. I started thinking about how do I get through today? How do I get through these next 50 miles? 
because, you know, you're going through these um, checkpoint to checkpoint, sometimes, you know, more than 50 miles. Mm. Um, and so you got to just kind of relax mm. and just, you know, you're in shape, focus on getting to the, you know, to the day. And so, yeah, um, I, I would imagine uh, getting through the day and taking care of yourself, you know, right. yeah, it, it's, you do it through a lot. I mean, you're, you're even those extremely cold temperatures, your feet will get wet from the standpoint of the sweat of your shoes. Um, and you, you don't want to stop typically and it changed socks, but you got to do it. Even though yeah. it's really cold out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, you, you gotta, you know, you're, you gotta think about your nutrition. You gotta think about, you know, the basic things and, um, you know, hydration. You, a lot of times you don't want to stop to melt snow, but you need to do it or, you know, have some lows pretty soon. And so, wow. So, so for those, you know, for those who hadn't heard before or whatever, we're talking about doing 350 miles in Alaska, um, cold, uh, uh, probably, I mean, a lot of snow. What percentage of the 350 miles was was snow and frozen? Well, the whole thing, except five miles. Uh, was interesting. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> so, right. You know, That's- so the Diderot Trail, um, Diderot Trail, most people don't know, is that you can only complete it in the winter. It consists of mostly frozen lakes, frozen rivers, um, frozen swampland, and you, you can't do it do it in the uh, the summer. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's new to me, man. That's crazy. <laughs> right. So, so when you're in the middle of you know, it might be a cold temperature, but when you're in a frozen lake or frozen river for 20, 30 miles, um, you know, it is much colder than you can imagine. The wind will whip through there, and plus you're on. Um, frozen ice. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So you're moving, you're moving. I mean, you, you're just constantly cold. <laughs> just yeah, constantly. It, you are, but it, it is times you, you know, you do get warm. Um, your core temperature gets a little, you're used to the cold, but you know, even when it goes up a few degrees, I just remember every morning, you know, around, you know, 7am I'm just so cold waiting for that sun to come up. And I'm just like counting the minutes, thinking how miserable this is. And when the sun comes up, it will feel so warm mm-hmm. just from the, you know, the daylight. And so, and then, and then like maybe two o'clock in the afternoon when it's like the high of the day, it, it feels com- really warm compared to what you went through the night before. <laughs> oh man, so, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. So, so let's, let's get you to the, to the starting line. All right. So you, you're, you're doing this, you've had you you had your gear, most of your gear from, you know, previous, your previous attempt. I'm sure. Did you, did you change up a lot of gear? Well, I, I, I kind of did. Um, last time I took a lot of free dried food. Okay. Um, thought I was going to melt snow and boil up and get a hot meal there, but you really don't have time to do that. So I took a, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine that many distance, but like a lot of nuts, um, beef jerky, um, tuna, uh, you know, some, you know, easy stuff I can put in my my little fanny pack and grab when I need to and keep on going and not ever stopping. And so, and so my gear, it's, I was very comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course you pack it all up, you, you bring it to the airport and I put like this Shran wrap around that was like can hold bricks really strong and um, everything. And it made it to Anchorage, uh, got it out. <laughs> and then uh, there's no gear check, which is kind of interesting. You know, some of these races will, had mandatory gear checks and say, you, you must have a stove, must have so much fuel yeah. or so many calories. But for a race like this, um, you got to be experienced. Yeah. You, you okay. got to, you get, there's no 
lottery. There's no uh, applying an ultra sign up. You get invited to participate. So yeah. you're, you're supposed to be a endurance athlete. You're supposed to have experience in cold, extreme temperatures and long distances. Mm. So if you get invited, um, they can't tell you what you may or may not need to finish the race. Yeah. Every year is different because one year, maybe negative 20, negative 30 other years, maybe a, a better condition. Um, you know, other years, maybe a high wind where you want uh, a face mask and goggles and you, every year changes. And so, wow. So yeah, so yeah, you, it's up to you, you know, you, you got to right. handle it. You got to be there. Right. And so you're pulling, um, it, 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 you're pulling a sled or what it, what's it called? It's, it's a, a, a polk. Yeah. A polk. So, okay. Um, every, every polk you could say is a sled, but not every sled is a polk. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. So a, a polk, um, typically it's, you know, you, it's long, it, it's like thick, hard plastic. Um, the sled I was using from Northern sled works in Alaska. Um, you have your a bag on it and that bag is, should be waterproof or water resistant. Okay. And then you have all your gear in that bag. Um, and then you typically have bungee cords attaching that bag to that sled. Um, and then you have your, a lot of times your, your heavier gear, like um, your, your uh, snowshoes on top of it. So you can just okay. grab it without opening up your bag. Okay. So, how much, how much did your uh, poke weigh? Uh, actually, it's kind of interesting. I got to Alaska with all my gear and I had, was really concerned about the water crossings. Uh, but a lot of times there's water crossings because the ice will crack for different reasons for the heavy snow water will come up. And I went out the night before and bought um, some like commercial grade waiters <laughs> that was so worried about it. And, and it was, was going to take up so much space. So I decided to go light on uh, food. I went light on some other gear to make room for this. These waiters, yeah. biggest mistake. I, oh, I, mean, I regret it the entire eight days that it took me to finish it. But because uh, I some between some checkpoints, I kind of uh, came down to uh, it's pretty much some um, granola bars, and that's it to get to the. <laughs> at the wow! End, so. Wow! That's crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, but but you're dragging this thing. I mean, you're literally pulling this thing. You know, you don't have the dogs. You know, this, yeah, is, this, right. this is Sean on foot. This is show. You right. know. And so, man, it's important. I mean, the weight, I mean, every, every pound. Yeah. So the answer your question, I think it's around 40, you know, maybe 40 pounds. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, it wasn't too bad when you're on pure ice, mm -hmm. you don't feel it. Okay. But if you're going over a pass, um, of course you're going uphill for hours and hours and hours, yeah. you feel every pound on your back. Um, so you typically have uh, two ways of attaching the, the pole to you. You can use rope. Okay. And then, so if you're going uphill, the course sled stay behind you. But now if you're going downhill, that pole will hit your back of your legs. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's pros and cons on um, using uh, rope or poles. I use poles. So I, the, the sled will always stay behind me. Um, and so if I'm going downhill, the sled won't be running into me, but these poles will keep it behind me. Is, is there like a, a harness on your, like a, on your chest or, or, I mean, I know it connects to your back, but is this right. Is, so is um, there's three different types of harnesses. There's a expedition harness, which goes over your shoulders, attach okay. your waist and your legs. Um, there's a, a waist belt one, which okay. I use to surround the waist. Okay. And there is ones that of course you have your waist plus you can attach it to your legs, you know, straps there, um, mm -hmm. pros and cons to all of them. The expedition harness takes more work on and off it. Yeah. Um, 
mine can snap off, go right back to the Hulk if I need to get something. Okay. The downfall is when you're going uphill for long distances, it doesn't stay equally on your back. It will start to feel like it's pulling downward. Oh, um, like you want to keep lifting it behind you. So, all right. Yeah. I would imagine. What about like, if like, let's just say you're, I mean, you're going downhill, it's behind you. Um, I mean, cause trails are, tra- I mean, you're not even on marked trails. We can get to that right. in a minute, but like you're going down and like, you know, if that thing would start sliding, you know, to yeah. one side or whatever and turning you, I mean, it's, it's 40 pounds. And so I don't know if you get, yeah. Some, you, so yeah, I guess you really have to work on keeping it straight behind you and controlling it. I, I would imagine, huh? You do. And it is, it is interesting that I, the, the pole tipped over and some water crossing and actually oh. upside down. And of course I'm panicking yeah. thinking that, Oh, this is all my gear, all my socks should be wet. But <laughs> unfortunately it was happened early in the race, probably the first like 60 miles, everything was in there nice and tight. I didn't yeah. open them up. And then of course at the end of the race, that sled, it was like, I had zippers undone and things were not <laughs> ideal. And, yeah, yeah. So. Oh man. Well, okay. So you, you, you get you, you and your pool, you're at the starting line. Um, I'm guessing, uh, other athletes there. Um, uh, I mean, it's all, you know, it's very specific athletes. Um, right. you know, n- there's no, just, you know, Joe Bob, Billy Bob, whatever, just, just showing up to yeah. run a race. Um, and I would imagine you pretty, how nervous were you? I'd imagine you were excited, but you know, were you, were you nervous? I mean, cause you had already, oh, I was, it was all the feelings came back from yeah. the year before, yeah. um, very nervous, very anxiety was really high. Um, I, I need a settlement very similar to angular distance. Like if you did a marathon or a hundred mile, you're nervous, right? You yeah. want to get going. Um, but also you don't know what's going to happen. What's ahead of you. I mean, yeah. there's, there's all these reports that was coming in that it was a, they had some warm weather and so some wire crossings was a lot, or there's a lot of, uh, other unknowns. So, uh, um, I, I was definitely, you know, nervous. Um, and I knew this was, if I was not going to finish it, this would be my last attempt. Uh, I had, you can imagine when you go these distances, your, your family's worried about you getting frostbite to worry about you, something happening to you. Um, your, a lot of people are tracking you. That's has a lot of anxiety too, because you know that a lot of eyes are on the screen looking yeah. at your dot and wondering if you can do it. People yeah. are speculating if you can finish or not. And so you yeah. just try to you know, be in the moment, but it, it's still a lot of things cross your mind. And so, Oh man. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, there's so much, I mean, even over the, you know, you've done, you know, 200 miles, I've done 200 miles and even that that's, that's huge. Cause, and, and it's, you know, it's a lot more, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Friendly or health friendly, yeah. you know, you know, it's, you, we're, you got aid stations, you got people, you know, wow. that can get you and all that stuff. But this is, this is, you're, there's no, the trail's not marked, right? You're right. navigating. And if you get into trouble, it's, it's, t- you got to try to figure it out yourself. Cause there's a real chance yeah. that you can have some issues, right? Yeah. So it's interesting about the marked, uh, uh, you know, the trail's not marked, you know, the night before you're in the hotel and all the athletes are there and everyone's sitting there talking about what route they're going to take. And they have these maps out and they're, you know, some are going to REI for paper versions of, of maps. So they're looking at, you know, some people use all trails, other people use uh, um, Gaia. There is not all trails, but Gaia and yeah. it's, uh, all these different type of apps. And, you know, people who've done it in the past may swear by their route and other people are local, maybe wanting a different route. And 
it's just like when you go to a lot of these pre-race meetings and the race director is talking about turns and routes and, and as from not being there, it doesn't, it doesn't sink in. Yeah. So, um, so it is a little nerve wracking. So I, I had, um, a route on my, um, my GPS that I was going to follow and track. And, um, I knew other people were doing take that route, but, you know, their decisions come up and, you know, you have to make a decision. Do you want to deviate from it or do you want to stay where you're going? So, um, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, and even, you know, with it being as cold as it is, I mean, uh, electronic stuff doesn't do very well in the cold. Do you, do you, yeah. do you put it in a bag or something or something to keep it warm? So or what I, yeah. Most of them don't work. So, um, and so I didn't want to bring my phone along, even though you don't get reception. Um, and I thought well, maybe I can listen to a podcast. Maybe I can listen to the music when I need to some low points. So I actually kept that in my, um, my base layer next okay. to my, my body. So you're, you know, these warm clothes you have are really not warm. All they is good insulation. So your body still has to produce that heat. Yeah. And so it, my phone will be staying next to my you know, chest the whole, whole entire time. And so, uh, the, the, some, so some tricks you have, um, as a foot athlete, um, is that the bikers take off, you know, there's three yeah. ways you can do it. There's bike, um, skiing and foot. Hmm. And so when the bikes take off, their route might be slightly different, but you can look, if you want, look on the ground and see their tracks at times. Yeah. If it wind's not, if it's not snowing, if the wind's not blowing, um, that helps. It gives you some reinsurance. You're going the right way. Yeah. And, so, and also I kind of somewhat knew the route from the year before up to the second checkpoint. But after that, everything was, was foreign to me. <laughs> oh man. Was and, and yeah, so I guess you just, I mean, you really have to do gear, route, everything. You got to do your homework, you know, and try to talk to people who've done it before because you want to have right. an idea. I mean, you might deviate, but uh, you got plan A, you know, this is how I'm going to get there, you know? Right. So, um, wow. Um, so you had pa paper map, co compass. Did you bring a paper map and compass? Is that uh, I just along with your phone? Uh, electronic <laughs> GPS. That okay. was the only one I relied to. Okay. Um, there's another trick you can do is that... Um, the week before there was a, a race called the iron dog. Mm. And so those are snow machines that go from um, pretty much near Anchorage all the way to Nome, Alaska okay. and back. And so you occasionally you can see their tracks, you know, okay. and so you can look for those you can, may not always see them, but you know, it, it does help. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and how did you, uh, okay. You're having to keep your phone next to you. I'm asking these because I'm an IT guy. How, how did you how did you keep it charged? Well, it's interesting. So I pretty much, you know, you don't use it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it it says, you know, it, it'd be nice to you know try to see a reception, but you're 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 using your battery. So I did bring a, another battery pack. Yeah. That I kept that next to my base layer too, my chest to keep that battery pack warm. But you know, everything you bring is adds a little bit more weight, and those ounces yeah. add up to pounds, and pounds add up to extra bulk. So. And more things go, more things you bring, the more things go wrong. And, you know, so. Yeah. So you, okay. And, and there are checkpoints. Um, would you, would you call them? And everybody, you said every 50 miles, there are checkpoints that you got to check in on. Would right. you call, are there, are there also like aid stations? Can you pick stuff well, some up? Of the, yeah. Some of the um, checkpoints, you know, you got to pretty much bring your food. Um, checkpoints are at like a, maybe a hunting lodge. Um, they okay. call it, they're called roadhouses, you know? So, uh, you go in, they may have some food for sale. Um, uh, they may be just like, you know, that's time for them to make money with 
during the Diderot race, you know, the dogs start a week after us and they would stock up and they, this is time for them to make money for the year. Yeah. And so they may have a, uh, not that fancy, like a grilled cheese sandwich for sale for pretty darn expensive price. <laughs> <Yeah>, $10. How <laughs> hungry are you? <laughs> and, and, and it's always fine and interesting. I always joke that how the bikes will come through, buy all the food, and then you get there and there's nothing left for the foot athletes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, man. So. That's cr- okay. Yeah. Cause it, so it's not, uh, yeah. So you're, you're, you're a lot more on your own than, than like yeah. for a 200 miler that, you know, it's not an official aid station. You got to bring, you right. got to bring money or, or, card or whatever yeah, you get to these aid stations i mean you're, you don't have a crew right yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah you don't have your running coach there you don't have your friends there um they check in um you may get a you know they, a lot of times will have water or some hot water you can you know make a, a sandwich out of it they may or may not have food um you know they typically most of them did uh, which is nice but you can't rely on that because you may go a couple of days you know between the next checkpoint so yeah. Did you, um, so you're cruising, you took eight, you know, it took you over eight days to do this. So what was your, do you sleep at these checkpoints or did you, or you just set up? Yeah, camp? some you do. Um, okay. and so they have typically a first in first out mentality where okay. you get to the checkpoint, uh, there may be a tent, uh, they may have straw down in the, uh, the tent and you bring your sleeping bag in. And if you want to sleep, you can, some athletes find it is quieter. Don't sleep at a checkpoint because, you know, you sleep at a checkpoint, people are coming and going throughout yeah. constantly. Um, and, you know, so I did bring like eye patches over my face to, you know, block the light. And yeah. um, everyone has their own tricks where, you know, there's some like to sleep at two o'clock in the afternoon because it's a warm time of the day and they can just lay on their, uh, you know, make a little, a bivy spot, you know, pack it down with your snowshoes and, sleep right there. Um, I typically try to sleep in the checkpoint. Um, yeah. the noise doesn't really bother me. I usually just, as you know, when you do a 200 mile, you're just dead tired. Yeah. Noise <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. bother you at all. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's funny. Cause, uh, in fact, like, you know, doing Tahoe again this year. And, uh, I, one of the things I thought of is bringing one of those little iPads, right. you know, cause, cause I take a lot of, you know, take little mini trail naps and if it's daytime, yeah. I'm pretty tired. And then, uh, I thought about bringing earplugs, but like, I'm like you, it doesn't no. bother me too much, man. Yeah, I found a real nice one on Amazon. I'll see a link to it. It says it's really soothing blocks, every aspect of light out. And I really enjoyed it. So when I did oh, sleep, yeah. I always used it. Um, and you know, I found myself sleep using it, even um, if I'm bivvying somewhere out in the open is yeah. because I found it very soothing. Uh, it sounds crazy, but yeah. <laughs> it was nice. Um, yeah. Send me that link, man. Cause I, I was actually looking at him trying to figure out which the best yeah. and, uh, you know, it, Hey, I, I use those. I have, I have a real cheap one. It's just cloth. Like when I take right. a nap on a Sunday afternoon, that's the only yep. day I do that. I'll put it on my face because a little light comes in our room. So, I, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I look, I look like a, I don't know, diva or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right. So, um, man, I just can't imagine like that is so long, you know, I mean, yeah, it is. Eight, it's... eight days of how, what, I mean, you've done, okay. From compared to 100s, 200s and doing this, like how big of a roller coaster ride? I mean, mentally on this thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the There's, first day has to be tough, you know, it is. I mean, after my, like I got relaxed a little bit, um, I was still close, somewhat close to Anchorage. So occasionally I will have phone service and I'll turn that on. And at my low points, I got a 
a text from a girlfriend that, you know, wish me luck or saying that people are tracking you at work and, you know, send these real positive, you know, um, messages. And I felt great about it. But then I got a little further interior of Alaska, that went away. Mm. And then I assume the lows were really low. Um, I was in a section that was uh, 70 miles between checkpoints and mm. I was going to make it. I mean, I needed to sleep. And so, um, you stop and you, you make a bivy spot, you pack it down and I had to boil water. And I didn't realize that I was bent over so much in the last 35 miles or so looking for moose tracks. I didn't want to step into them because there are the moose will actually make a footprint that is maybe like six inches or seven inches down. And you step in it, you can trip, right. Or you can like yeah. twist your ankle real easily. And I was leaning forward so much with my poles going that at night I couldn't lay flat. And I was just like in this weird, like S position. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, my phone doesn't work. I wonder if everyone's forgot about me out here. And, but then the Northern Lights came out oh, and, man. you know, and it was uh, before I left, uh, my girlfriend said that's one thing she really ever wants to see someday, the Northern Lights. Yeah. And they come out and they, they don't stay out long. And, I remember it, it was really dim at first, got brighter and brighter. And I think oh, this is a message. This is a message. I got I to keep on going. And so I, I got up in the morning stiff and you, you wake up, you know, from these naps, really stiff and yeah. really cold. And um, you'd be surprised how cold you get. And then you want to keep moving, but you still got to pack up your sleeping bag, compress it. You got to compress your any kind of a puffy pants you had on, or maybe a jacket you were sleeping with and, get your sled all ready to go for the, uh, the day. And so, um, well, I know, I know just camping and it's like, <laughs> you know, 40 degrees outside you don't want to get out and start the fire and it's cold. So I can't, I can't yeah. imagine you're sleeping yeah. on stinking snow, <laughs> you know, yeah. on a, in a bivy, man, I, I, I just, I, so, so I'm okay. I'm asking this. We, we got to continue on, on the race, but, but, but why I'm sure yeah. you got asked that before. So what's your why, man? Why, why'd you, why'd you oh, do it, this? It's, it is, you know, I, I really think is that, you know, everyone wants to know what they're made of. You know, when you go to the gym, you, yeah. you see people wear these shirts says never quit, never die, uh, yeah. never give up. And, but very few people are really tested. Mm-hmm. And that's what, one thing I liked about these longer distances, you know, I was, even the first 50 K I did, I was like, wow, I did it. I, I can do it. Then you start wondering like, wow, can I do a 50 miler? Can yeah. I do a hundred miler? Yeah. And you keep checking off those distances and, you know, you, you have to dig deeper and, yeah. uh, you know, you hear people do like a hundred miler and say, that's one and done in a lifetime or never want to do it again. But then you start as an athlete, you start wondering, can I go faster? Yeah. Can I, uh, you can start seeing more, you know, especially these point to point races. Um, you know, where's my breaking point, you know, what, yeah. where, what can I, how far I can go. And so. Yeah. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I struggled after I did the triple crown of 200s that I'm wondering, really, what's next for me? And yeah. that's when I fell in love with ITI. And I, I was so glad I got invited after um, doing their camp and some races. So, um, yeah. Dude, that, well, and that's, you know, I think, I think that's part of it, finding those. And, and like you, you saw that and it sparked something in you. Like, this is the thing, you know, that I want to go for, you know, and yeah. that's, um, I think too many people would just say they can't do it or, you know, whatever. And, and instead of trying to make it happen, you know, and, and so like hundred percent, man, I like doing hard stuff. That's right. I, 
I just, I don't have a desire to do that one, you know, but, and, and, uh, but that's, that's, that's me. I want to do some other things. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, somebody recently. I said, man, hundred percent, if I didn't have to take care, you know, work full time, take care of my family, there's not a doubt in my mind. I would be hiking the PCT, the AT, (laughs) you know, any, I I would, I would do those things, you know? And so there's still a part of me who wants to make some of that happen, but we'll see what we see, Uh, you know, but, um, but yeah, we do this thing because we want to push ourselves. And so, so yeah, you pushed yourself. (laughs) What I I liked about the winter ones is, you know, as you know, I've, I think I've done like 15, a hundred milers maybe. Um, And after a while, you know what you're going to expect, especially yeah. ones in the summer. Mm-hmm. You may have a mountain or two, or, or there's different. They're all different, but you kind of know what to expect. But when the winters ones come up, there's some a lot more variables, like mm-hmm. the weather, of course, the temperature, the wind. The wind chill is a problem. Um, more things go wrong. They're all self-supported. Um, mm-hmm. Wildlife is a you know issue. Uh, I was amazed. I was going between a, a pass between these on this mountain and. The one side of the mountain got tons of snow. The other side got tons of snow. But between the paths, there was absolutely no snow. And I pulled that sled on <laughs> frozen dirt <laughs> and rock for like oh, five man. to six miles. And there's bison there. And the, the bison poop is, was everywhere. And, it was just, <laughs> and you think, I said, what's going on? And also, you're so far away from like, you know, these checkpoints are in places where they have no plumbing. Yeah. Uh, no bathrooms. They have outhouses. It, it, it's they're not like a, um, a a town or by any means. You know, it's it's surprising. I, mean, I remember the graph we're going to finish, and I remember I'm losing it because I haven't slept. And thinking, like, McGrath is, is the biggest town, and so we're finishing there. I'm thinking, like, where are the lights? Where are the lights? Where's the buildings? Where's where's the reception on my phone? Yeah. And it, then you kind of just delusional and like you you're not thinking clearly and realize no this is alaska yeah this is gonna be a few buildings that are pretty beat up and it's gonna be a little rough on the edges <laughs> that's so. that that's crazy man um so how let, i want to continue let's talk about i want to continue about with those lows talk about the lows yeah. so you hit that low um you know you you saw the northern lights how you know especially when you got no reception I mean, you, that was a lot of time, you know, with Sean, just Sean with Sean, you know, by yourself, you're out there. And, and I, I appreciate a lot of those times, but man, when you, when you're suffering sometimes, man, you can get in your own head. And so how did you, you know, what kind of, and I'm talking for races in general, but especially for this, how do you get yourself out of there? What do you, what what kind Uh, of self-talk are you doing? What are you, I mean, it's almost survival out there. You got to keep moving, but you know, how you deal with it? You know, that was, that was my weakest part where I had to work on the most. And I, so I brought a lot of different tricks at the table. I mean, you know, I, in my life, I get a lot of support, right. I have a family that loves me. My girlfriend, you know, is extremely supportive you know, I brought a picture of her along and us yeah. together. And so, I mean, you know, even when you're all out there by yourself, seeing that picture gave me energy. And so I would only like look at it at the low moments. Yeah. Um, I, if I was really low, I would put a podcast on, I put your podcast on, you hear a familiar, <laughs> friendly uh, voice, right? Yeah. That helped because, you know, you go that many hours and not having 
conversations or yeah. something to think about. Podcasts kind of help me get my mind thinking about things. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, he's, he's, he can't think about like, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to be tough. That, that doesn't work. Right. Yeah. You, you got to, you know, it's kind of relax and like this, you know, reflect inward, but, um, you know, of course you have to think about food too. Right. The low, you got to think about why am I having this low? Is yeah. it I'm tired? Is it because of lack of food, lack of, you know, hydration. So that, that's a key component. And so, yeah. And, and, and for, you know, you're going that long, you're, you, you gotta, do I need to eat? What do I need to eat? Yeah, what do yeah. I have to eat? You know, right. Like, yeah. And so what was your main, uh, um, what was your main meals? Like, what was your main, so you said you had jerky, you said you had uh, granola, what you said, something else. Yeah. Too. My dried fruit is what was probably my favorite. Give me, you know, quick energy, some yeah. sugar in me. Uh, I, I drank water the entire time, you know, in these, you know, hundred mile races, a lot of times people put mixed water with like, you know, uh, where their favorite um, electrolytes are. Well, if you do that in, in Alaska, typically you're going to find that's going to freeze faster than straight water. Uh, and so, um, uh, yeah, so I did straight water the entire time. Um, uh, I occasionally I will stop if I'm had a real low and it's really cold out, I would maybe boil some water and try to make a hot cup, cup of coffee, instant coffee. Yeah. The tricky thing is if you stop, even though you felt like it's not too bad out, you're in, that cold is going to hit you very quickly. So you're going to realize, wow, I want to keep on moving. Yeah. Um, and typically when it's really cold, you can't take your uh, glove liners off or if you touch metal, you may in- instantly get frostbite. And so, wow. you know, you always get u- used to working with glove liners on. So um, that's crazy. You, uh, what was your, like, did you, do you take a, did you take salt pills or anything? What is your sweat rate? Like, I know you're, you know, you've got stuff on and, and you're, you're working. So, so you, you're sweating, I guess, you know, uh, um, use, uh, I don't know if I, at times maybe I did in the, in okay. the daytime. Um, it is interesting when you do sweat, it will feel extremely cold when that sun goes down. So yeah. you try to um, be very careful. Okay. Most jackets, you know, you have, a. There's a three layer system, but you can have open your vents, unzip yourself. So you're, you're constantly nonstop adjusting your, yeah. your, you know, your heat. Um, yeah. Regulate that pretty well. So what, what um, did you use to, to, to like uh, boil your water? You have like a jet boil or something like that, or what? what uh, believe it or not, those don't work as really well in extreme cold. So usually the um, international uh, whisper light um, uh, MSR international, um, they're very popular. Uh, okay. You, you, you can buy an REI for a hundred dollars. So, okay. Um, I'm going to check those uh, out. I'm just curious. Yeah. Cause it's like, jet, jet bar. They're great. You know, call yeah. out in the summer and everything, but, um, for something like this, uh, I stick with the MSR international. Okay. Um, whisper late. So nice. Yeah. All right. So your yeah. typical day is basically just, you just moving. You're trying to get to the next checkpoint. That's kind of yeah, your focus. You do see a lot, you know, it, yeah. it's, you know, F, you know, it, you see a lot of snow, of course, but, uh, um, but occasionally something, you know, the weather changes from day to day, you know, we start the, you start the race, you look at the forecast, like, okay, this is what it had to be. But in Alaska, it changes so much. And yeah. also being exposed like that on a, a frozen lake or a river and the, the wind whipping along, that felt something like something, uh, it felt really cold. And so, yeah. uh, I also you're traveling the night or versus day. So it's, um, it's a variety. Um, moose is 
moose was plentiful. Um, really? You will see moose. And uh, as you probably know, that they're a very stubborn animal that if they like to use the same trail or a lot of times where it's packed down as you do, but they have a different agenda you do. You're trying to get a point A to point B, but they are just sitting there just maybe um, sleeping, grazing, um, you know, being moose, right? So you, <laughs> you, can't, you can't actually, uh, you can't, you, you try to pass them or move them. It's not going to work. You're just going to frustrate them and um, make them mad. Uh, a week before I went, a, a Diderod musher got their trampled. Um, I believe there was in the news was their, their sled, their dogs by a moose because the moose didn't want to move. And the musher took a gun out, shot the moose, and oh, no. it, it, they're very big. It didn't die, right? So <sighs> they had to wait and watch their dogs constantly get trampled until somebody else came along with a more powerful gun. And so, oh, oh man, that's crazy. Well, you know, I've in, in Colorado, I've come across a moose one time, and yeah. th- those boogers, they're intimidating, Huge, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and they're, they can be mean too. That's what they say. You know, I don't know if you, they just say, don't mess with them because they'll, they'll, they'll come at you. Did you, um, I mean, did you come across some, some, some big ones out there? Yeah, it was actually, it was kind of funny. The race is all over. I'm all said and done. Um, now I'm coming to the, uh, airport to fly back to Anchorage. And then, you know, I'm trying to get there by a certain time. And then I'm coming across and there's a massive moose is grazing on this bush. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the other side of this and try to squeeze through it because I have somewhere to go. I want to get out of here. Yeah. And I didn't see the moose was in those bushes and they <laughs> came out. And now I'm like, well, what do you do? And then yeah. focusing on one and this guy comes along and said, you're making her mad. Stop it. And I was looking at this, the hair on the back of the moose is staying straight up. And so uh, he helped me got, get through there and around, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> no joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you've got a yeah. And it's, what what else? Did, what other uh, wildlife did you see out there? Uh, let's see, bison. Um, believe it or not, a lot moose, bison. Um, it, it, you know, it's funny that not it's not funny, but I'm glad it didn't happen to me. But you got to protect your 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 sled and your food. Yeah, uh, we went to this checkpoint and. Uh, uh, a friend of mine that we did the camp together. Um, we walked out of the checkpoint and there's always dogs around, especially, you know, especially the, these checkpoints. Yeah. And these dogs were in his bag, chomping away his cheese oh, uh, no. and meat that he had. And cause he didn't zip his bag fully. Um, uh, so <laughs> did, did he, he end still up finished? Okay, he still had okay. other food, but it's, you know, it's so stressful. I'm sure. Yeah. And so, well, man, you know, just with a with a hundred mile or even a, a two hundred, like you know, things go wrong. You got to troubleshoot. But yeah. the, the implications are, you know, for this, if you know a mile one hundred and fifty, you got something like that happen. You still got two hundred miles yeah. to go. Well, it's funny you say that things go wrong. For me, I, I mean, this not I'm not bragging, but I invested yeah. heavily in what I thought was the best gear I could buy and find. Yeah, and so I was very proud of my equipment and. uh I mean, I was asking pieces for birthday, for Christmas, and yeah. I, you know, I couldn't afford it all myself. And it was like, you know, again, a journey, three years in the making. But I had these two carabiners that was attaching my waist belt to the, um, the, the poles and the sled. Well, 
I didn't think about it through. And those carabiners were like those cheap ones that you get from like maybe see a true value or ace hardware that were 99 cents. They're meant for keychains or not really for use. Yeah. Well, I had those. And, um, and so I was going along and it cracked and I'm like, Whoa, I, I saw so like, well, I had one carabiner. So then I, um, put the two poles associated that one carabiner in the middle of my back. Yeah. So I went in there like 50, 60 miles, 70 miles and that cracked. And oh, I was man. like, oh, what do I do? And then I dig into my bag and, um, uh, I had this old toolkit I made up that, uh, that has some zip ties. I put those <laughs> zip ties and using those and thinking that will work. But after a while they snapped. And then, uh, I was lucky that, um, another athlete has some, um, duct tape that was, she called it Alaska duct tape. And, uh, Real and we took those broken carabiners that was that one of them that broke in the where it opens up, yeah. and we taped it all up and really well and thick. And that got me to the finish line. But I was so it was on my mind every minute, yeah, every day, wondering when will this break? When will this break? And because when I use a zip tie, I knew they were going to break, so it was stressful and yeah. didn't know what I was going to do. I mean. Afterwards, back in Anchorage, Anchorage, all of a sudden done. I went straight to REI and bought a few <laughs> high-end ones for hopefully some other uh, future uh, race. <laughs> well, so. isn't, that, isn't that crazy though? You spent all this on all this great yes. equipment and that one little one little link in the chain. Yes. Oh, and that oh man, that's mine. That's just like oh, like if let's yeah, yeah, that's crazy, man. That's it, crazy. it is really crazy, like uh. And when I moved the car- uh, carabiners around, I had this puffy jacket that was a, a nice jacket that was uh, pretty high end. But I ripped that jacket. The down came out of it. And I'm thinking, oh. wow, if it gets really cold, I'm going to need that. So I started using a, a plastic shell on top of uh, the down. So I knew that was going to you know, make the down come out even more. But so we were at a checkpoint. I taped that up with more duct tape, you know, my jacket, you know, <laughs> duct so tape saves happen. the day again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh so. man. Thank God for zip ties and duct tape, dude. You can- <laughs> right. Definitely. What, so. I know guys that do mechanic work that way, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. So how, what do you estimate, you know, out of eight days, how much, how much sleep did you get? It is interesting. Um, it's not really a good sleep. Like, yeah. um, you're at okay. home or anything like that. Um, I was probably averaging like five to six, maybe a day. Okay. And when you're moving all day long and yeah. you're going up over a mountain range and yeah. you're in the cold and your body's, you know, when you're, you're, you're in a cold, your body's produced that heat where you're burning more calories Yeah, and it takes a lot more work. So you do get tired and, um, yeah, I was averaging around, I think around five or six. Oh, um, wow. And so, yeah. And that's not, I mean, you know, for like even a 200 miler, not in the snow, not pulling a sled, you know, you can get by right. without a lot of sleep. But this, like you said, this is constant moving up and down and your body's tired and it needs yeah. to rest, man. And you have snowshoes on that adds extra weight to your feet. Yeah. And just, it's, it's exhausting. And so how, how, um, were, did you, <laughs> I know you had, you know, you, you, put clothes on, you get in, uh, uh, probably a high end sleeping bag rated for really cold. You get in a bivy or wherever you sleeping. but did you ever get where you like felt comfortable and warm while you were sleeping? <laughs> well, it, it's the night is all the, um, the Northern, uh, the stars and Northern stars, uh, uh, Northern, excuse me, Northern lights. Yeah. Um, 
you stop thinking about the cold really and you, you get lost in your thoughts on other things and then okay. like um because you can't control the cold yeah right it's just yeah. like um like you're running a hundred mile race and you're you're there's dust or dirt or some you're doing the rubicon trail and you can't control that so you stop thinking about it yeah you know um so that's a big factor but there's times that yeah you are warm um sun's out and it may be cold in a big picture of things but compared to the night before it's still pretty <laughs> darn warm <laughs> yeah yeah Re- relatively speaking yeah um man so you're on this epic journey um, days on end. Did you, did you get to share, uh, some time with other, you know, some of the other runners? You, you do. Um, you know, when you do, you, this is what I love about ultras is that even though it's a race yeah, is, you know, when you come across another athlete, you're not thinking that great, I'm going to beat them. I'm going to get right. ahead of them. You're thinking like, wow, I maybe share a conversation. Yeah. Um, the hard part of being a foot athlete is you're stepping on snow it's crunching noise. Um, you're pulling a sled that's making a lot of noise mm. there too. And if you're in a, you're doing single file. Yeah. It's very hard to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, it is more, you can have a conversation at the checkpoint because you're, you're going to hit that checkpoint. Maybe at the same time, you can talk for a while. Yeah. Um, or if you're stopping briefly melt snow or make a meal, you can have a conversation. It was nice. And so I didn't even think about that, the, the noise, because even even just in trail running, a lot of times if you're right behind somebody and there's talking, you can't you can't hear them if the yeah. you know, if there's leaves and stuff like that. Very so this true. is like times 10, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it has to be somewhat comforting out there in the you know, the tundra, the frozen yeah. tundra to just see another person. <laughs> you know, you know, there's another person there. with wow. you. I was with this other athlete and um, we were Folly's footsteps. And uh, it was from a, an athlete that lives in Alaska on these special boots she had on. And then we could see the footsteps. And it, it felt so comforting to see those footsteps. And we, we know we're going the right direction. Yeah. And we finally caught up to her. It was really nice. Like, wow, we've been following you for days. And we <laughs> days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not even hours, days. <laughs> oh, so, man. Yeah. That's so cool. So, yeah. okay. So I have a, you know, I know what it's like to see that finish line for, for a hundred miler. I know what it's like, you know, for a 200 miler to finally see the arch, man. And you, you alluded to it earlier. You're waiting to see the lights of the quote unquote town or a city or place. You're, you know, you're trying to, just get yeah. there. You know, I, I know that feeling I've been to some aid stations, like, where is this thinking aid yeah. station? Oh, I'm about to die. Yeah. And so how does it feel when you finally, like you see it, it's there. And well, it is, it is very, um, it's very special. It really is. Um, I just know that I was, you know, I was like four or five miles to go and I was losing it. I could not, huh you know, I was truly losing it mentally. And, mm. and so for whatever reason, I thought it was middle of the night I had my headlamp on shining at the snow. And I thought I was for whatever reason, I, thought I was in Florida and I did this <laughs> one at 100 and he finished the last like five miles in the sand. And, and now here I'm in Alaska thinking this is sand again. And then I just couldn't make sense of anything, oh, but then and I was coming down the final street to the checkpoint and I see these people outside and I couldn't wrap my head around who are these people out there, these three people standing there at two, three, four in the morning. And 
it never crossed my mind. This is the race director. Of course, they were tracking us on the, the screen where we're coming in. And it, it felt wonderful. And I just could not wait to just call Catherine, my girlfriend, on the phone and say, I did it. And they knew I did it. They were up and waiting, looking yeah. and knew coming in. And, and it was the first time I got access to a Wi-Fi because uh, Verizon does not, pretty much does not exist in Alaska. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. So, the relief of not having to move anymore. Yeah, it was. And it felt great. But, you're, of course, you're wearing the same clothes for all can be eight days. And, you know, same underwear same yeah. outfits you don't take you don't strip down ever uh and it, it's good it's really the first time you can really examine yourself your feet your legs and and it's, it felt good and it's uh yeah it's actually have a real bathroom too yeah so so this this town or this place was there a place for you to stay the night when you got yeah, there? We, yeah. you know they have bunk beds and rooms and we they make great food they uh make the they call man cakes and big pancakes and you can imagine you're really hungry and seeing other athletes are there. You're sharing yeah. stories and you can relax. And, uh, they, uh, they actually arranged flights back to Anchorage for you. Oh, nice. Um, your gear goes on a different flight. And so, um, I was just so happy to be done and happy to be in a, a real bed and not being stressed. I had to wake up in five hours and sleep <laughs> and food and it felt good. It felt wonderful. <laughs> so how good, how good did that, that shower or bath feel, man. Uh, it is, you know, you run a hundred miles and it's kind of, um, kind of painful, the chaffage yeah. and like shower. Yeah. I felt the same way. Like I, it kind of hurt. Um, okay. A lot. And I was looking at my feet and like, Ooh, they're pretty rough, you know, from being wet, cold, wet, cold. And yeah. even though it's changing socks all the time, drying them out of the checkpoints, they, they're still in bad shape. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Man. So, so, uh, for, for hundred miles and, and, uh, 200 miles, we get a buckle. What, what do you get for, for the Iditarod, man? You gotta do yeah, these winter races. Um, you gotta do it for the love of it. I really okay. have to say that it's, uh, um, you can't expect anything, you know, um, they did have a, a finisher t-shirt, you know, okay. um, uh, they also, uh, it's interesting. I didn't realize there was anything that you get when you finish. There's no, I, I mean, I searched Instagram, I read everything. You got to do it for the love of it. And, you know, most 100 mile races, you can do research and see what the buckle will look like, or they have a buckle preview. Yeah. Um, this has got it. You got to do it for uh, the love of it. And so that's what makes this winter yeah. sports really great because some of you just get a, a hat or yeah. some of you really get nothing, but you get the stories and you get, um, I think there was 13 of us invited. Uh, I think eight of us finished the 350 mm. and, but you, the saying, you know, you, you run a hundred miles with someone, your friends for life. Yeah. Well, imagine going 350 miles. Yeah. You, know, you have this bond that you know what they went through and it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. So, when it's a very small group that, that have done that distance, yeah. much less the Iditarod. And so, man, Sean, I mean, think about this, dude, you are, you're in a, you're in a, a group of uh, small people to achieve something like that, man. I think that's man. Kudos to you, man. Just, just right. watching your journey. And I, I know you put the work in like you, you didn't just get out there and look at, you know, this was not, you, you, <laughs> you earned it, man. <laughs> you, right. you know, it's crazy about your McGrath, you're finishing 
these athletes will be getting their sled together and they're actually going on. They're going on to a thousand miles. That's there's just two distances, 350 yeah. and a thousand. So it gets really hard for them. What happens is after 350, the checkpoints pretty much they're like self-managed checkpoints. Like there might be, you come to a village, you make it to a school or you made it to a, a phone um, text message into the racetrack that they got to that point or they're tracking you, oh. but you're really on your own for the, the, and we get to the 350, those athletes are not even halfway yet. And so, but you see them getting up and leaving that morning and you're like really happy you're done. And you think, wow, what are they experiencing? Yeah. They what, see- what's in their head going on? And they see you all like, yeah, I'm done. And they're like, crap. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I got almost two more of what I just did to do. You know, it's like, it's yeah, crazy. Right. And so that blows cool. my mind, man. Well, well, uh, dude, I, well, I hate, I hate, I always hate asking this question because, because like you, what you just accomplished was amazing. And, and like I said, mad respect, mad. I mean, just, just awesome. But like, what do you like, just like after the triple crown, you were like, what do I do I, now? Okay, what do you do oh. now, Sean? What's up, man? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not getting any younger, yeah. right? It's, <laughs> I'm <with> you. <laughs> uh, it's strange. I don't want to grow older, but it's still happening. And uh, and it's interesting. I got back, and my experience was I loved it. I, I, I love the the athletes, love the, uh, the the organization, the the volunteers. Alaska is a beautiful, beautiful state. Uh, I've been there in the summer. I've been there in winter. I prefer going there winter. I think it's gorgeous. Um, and I got back and I, and I realized that I won't go back. I want to do it again. And, uh, and what's interesting about it, I looked at my ultra sign up and I was packed of all these hundred mile races. Yeah. I realized I didn't really want to do them. Mm. And, uh, and from the standpoint of, uh, I know I can do a hundred miles. And so I started, I canceled one, uh, so you know, one this coming weekend and, um, I canceled all of it. I'm going to Colorado to go climbing instead. And then uh, I looked at these, all the other races. I'm going to keep some big ones. Yeah. But for me, uh, I, uh, I applied or to ask to be invited to the thousand miles next year. Okay. Uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, it, it takes a lot to be invited. They, they have a committee to decide who they're going to send the invitations out to. Um, I'm crossing my fingers. Um, I sent a note today. And so um, hopefully that uh, they will consider me. If not, I like to go back to the 350 mm-hmm. next year and uh, hopefully prove myself again. See it in a, every year is different with the weather, all the variables. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that. So, but I will be at Leadville and I made you uh, run rabbit run. I'm signed up for that. Okay. Um, I have some like uh, I uh, I don't do the kettle 100 being uh-huh. from Wisconsin. I'll like yeah. to do that one. So. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cause you and I talked a little bit before we started recording. I was like, dude, you got a lot. The rest of this year. <laughs> yeah. like, Sean's trying to kill himself, but, yeah. uh, okay. So man, how, what, what's the, what's the limit on the thousand? What's how, how long do you have to do it? Uh, 30 days. And okay. so, so it is, it, imagine, um, you're spread out more, it yeah. cut, even that cuts across the frozen ocean. Um, and so there's, there's risk there. Uh, it's a lot of the athletes finish around 28, 29 days. Some go past 30 days. I mean, even if you go past the cutoff, the journey you have is unbelievable. No um, kidding. There's some athletes that fit past 30 days and I would never take away from their accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, 
I, I, in my eyes are still uh, a finisher and still, uh, uh, you know, a true athlete. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, well, man, if you, <laughs> if you, if the, if you get picked, man, I just, we're going to have to talk. Cause I, I yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about all the things that you've got to do to get ready for a thousand. That blows yeah. my mind, man. That, that that's, um, uh, good luck on that, man. I, I mean, you know, um, I know you'll do what you need to do to get ready for it, but, um, you've definitely, I was kind of wondering when we talked, I said, man, he likes the frozen stuff. And I'm wondering, I was wondering if maybe you would like going to try to do, try to get into bad water or do the complete opposite or something. Yeah. It's it's not- I mean, listen, um, on the, uh, the ITI, I listened to uh, a book on bad water and I was, I was, I was really, oh, that is a different beast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your body organs shutting down. On your floor. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. kind of scary. Um, you know, it's not like you can have special equipment to prevent that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you, all you can yeah. do is run naked just about. about just like yeah, I, I, I thought about applying, but then, uh, I kind of changed my mind just because I, I think everyone knows their own limits. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, man, uh, you, what you said earlier, you know, we're not getting any, any younger and uh, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's kind of um, even with doing Tahoe this year, um, yeah. we, I was talking with somebody about it. And one of the things that I'm going to do, I'm not going to focus so much on trying to hurry and finish, but really right. focus on enjoying the journey, you know, that's great. Good attitude. And, yeah. And just try to, uh, you know, I'm going to be the guy I'm gonna have the GoPro every now and then, you know, yeah. I'm gonna try to record the journey and, and, uh, you know, I'll still push a little bit and try to try to make a decent time, but not really, uh, I don't know. I, it was such an experience last time I did it, but I was still racing a lot and pushing hard. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm going to enjoy the journey, man. I'm going to try to you know, take it along in. those lines. Um, is interesting. You know, I have uh, some, the one time I was kind of like jealous of bikes, right. You get the, our frozen area was windblown so they can ride fast on those areas. But when you're a foot athlete, you're still maybe going two, three miles an hour pulling your, your, your sled. Yeah. But then after the fact, all said and done, I thought about the three disciplines and there's no better one than the foot. The reason why I say that is because it's not a point of getting done faster. It's you want to enjoy it. It's part yeah. of it seeing the beauty of Alaska, going over the, the, the mountain range, seeing the villages. And, and if you want to blast through it, I think the winner of the bike got done like two days or three days, let's oh, say, wow. but, um, you know, I, I you know, I, I slept outside. I don't think yeah. the bike did, you know, I, yeah. I got a chance to see the Northern lights multiple nights, Yeah, you know, um, you know, very unlikely they saw that for three nights, you know? So, yeah, um, you, you got your money's worth. I know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get your money's worth. Yeah. You divide the cost up, divide over the distance. And, yeah, right. <laughs> and night, but, oh um, man. Well, yeah. well, and, and, uh, before, before we, uh, before we stop though, you said you've got an amazing support system and I saw you've done posts on that. You you've acknowledged that, you know, your, your parents seem like they're amazing, in, um, supporting you, helping you. I think you, it, what was the race? I saw you had your mom pack, helping pack up your, uh, oh, <laughs> your yeah. Stuff. Right. Yeah. She always packs my bags and, uh, it's kind of funny to say that, but she just quizzed me where everything is in the bag and what I'm bringing, what I'm not bringing. And, um, I, love I, I remember one time thinking that I was repacking my bag. I'm like, how did she get everything to fit in here? So nice. <laughs> yes, and, it's, uh, and it's a little tricks like you know you gotta like see each item and like you know they become special to you like my sleeping bag my girlfriend gave that to me um and yeah. it is a real nice one i probably couldn't afford it without her you know buying it for me and it's uh 
And I always think when I get in, I'm like, it's like a hug. It's like, she yeah. gave me a hug, yeah. making me, you know, comfortable at night in the cold. <laughs> oh so, man. I love it. I love it. Well, hopefully you and I talked before, hopefully I can, uh, we can, I can get on a call before we air this and talk to one of your family members yeah. and find out from their perspective, what's it like when their loved one is out trying to survive in the frozen tundra yeah. and they can't really do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. I'll try to make that happen. So that will be great, man. I know it's stressful for them and it, yeah. I do, you know, sometimes I, I feel bad about putting through that stress, especially in a very selfish sport, you know, yeah. um, you know, we are not curing cancer. We are a lot of athletes will try to raise money or inspire other people, but in the days is pretty selfish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very lucky that I have family members and loved ones that allow me to do it. So, yeah, yeah. We're blessed, man. We're blessed yeah. people. Right. Yeah. Well, Sean, yeah. man. Hey, thank always, always a pleasure. I think you're the first person to be on the podcast three times, man. That's wow. awesome. I love it. That's cool, <laughs> man. I like it because you're doing stuff, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But look, uh, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll continue to chat, man. And, uh, please let me know. I'll be watching. I'm sure you have a post, but let me know it, when you get the message about the, the, the thousand miles and, um, I hope we can end up sharing some, uh, sharing some trail or share a race again, Definitely. man. Cause we, we yeah. got to, got to hang out a little bit for a rate, you know, for silver heels and, and, uh, right. and stuff, man. But, uh, hope our paths cross that way again, man. So oh, definitely. We, yeah, we can do good. a 14 er together. I, I'm trying to, uh, mark fuel off every year and try to get them all done. So, Hey, I'm, if I can, if we can arrange it while you're there, man, I'm always game to, 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 to do that, man. That's good training. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thanks, David. <laughs> All right, brother. You take care, man. We'll talk again soon. All right. So now I am sitting here with Catherine, Sean's girlfriend. And, you know, I want to hear about, what, what, first of all, what do you think about all this craziness that, that Sean's into? Oh, I mean, of course, I'm so proud of them. And it's so, so inspiring. I mean, when I'm, uh, you know, not wanting to go to the gym for one hour, you know, I think about all his, uh, long, long ultra races and, you know, motivates me to, um, you know, try to be my best self too. So, um, I, you know, it's very inspiring. Of course I worry too, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just great. Well, like I, I tell my wife a lot of times when she says stuff, I was like, Hey, you knew what you were signing up for when, yeah. <laughs> when, when you met me. So, yeah, no. Well, so this is, I mean, this is, so the hundred milers are one thing, you know, and, and, you know, Sean's done quite a few and he's been out in the mountains and, and those, they, there's some risk there and there's some, you know, some, um, but there's a lot, usually a lot more communication. There's a lot more checking in on him. And a lot of times mm -hmm. I know you're out there crewing him. So you're there, you can see him, you know, or know that he's okay. But this is, this one was just totally different. I mean, yeah. you are disconnected. You're for the most part, when he's out of service, you're looking at a dot on a screen. How does that, I mean, how does that make you feel? <laughs> It was hard. You know, I know I was um, sitting here when uh, he was talking to you um, the last hour and, um, you know, it was it, at first he had a little bit of a signal so we could, you know, text here and there, but then yeah. we kind of lost it. So actually his um, family and me we were all in a group chat. So that was great. We would constantly be monitoring the tracker and, uh, you know, kind of talking to each other. He was on it, but he couldn't, you know, see it. But so that was helpful kind of just having that support system. Yeah. And, um, 
it was also kind of helpful once he really became out of pocket to just kind of see that he was traveling with other people too, because mm. that was my main concern that he'd be by himself and then something would happen and, you know, he'd be stranded and, yeah. you know, very scary. So it was kind of nice to know that he was traveling with a, um, a few people as well. Yeah. Did it, uh, you know, when you're looking at dots on, on the, when, when the dot stops for a while, you know, you, yeah. I, you're kind of like, is he, you know, is it nap time? Is it, you know, what's, yeah. I mean, yeah. That has I to know kinda... you wonder, you know, you, well, we know if he's at a checkpoint or not. So it's, it's okay. kind of a, you know, if, if he's at a checkpoint, we all taking a breather knowing, okay, he's probably <laughs> sleeping for a while. Yeah, so you know? we can sleep too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but if he's not, then of course we all are worried and then start texting Why? you know, he's not moving, you know, check the weather, you know, all sorts of things. Look on the Facebook page. Um, you know, he was, he, he kind of diverted and um, maybe the first third of the race and we we're all thought, Oh my gosh, it's off course. You know what's happening all of a sudden yeah. and it turned out to be the moose they had to kind of go around. So, yeah, I mean, good thing yeah. for technology and social media too, which, um, you know, kind of put all the pieces together to make sure he's okay. Yeah. And, and that's, a, I mean, eight days, that's a long, I mean, even the hundreds are, you know, you're looking at four days, you know, max. And, and when I'm following somebody, even on a, on a, a 200 miler, you know, and I'm not there, it's, it's weird, you know, cause I'm sleeping, I'm getting up, I'm going to work, I'm, you know, and I'm checking it and they're still, still moving, but this is, this is eight days of yeah. watching a dot. Um, I know. I, I know. Well, here's one of the beautiful things though. Like you knew you, you've, you've got to see Sean's preparation and that like, you know, he was, I mean, if, if, he was ready for this, you know, um, right. did that, did that help you a little bit? Like, okay, you know, my man's prepared. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Because, uh, after the first time he did it, I knew that there was so much unknown to him. So, yeah. you know, I think the second time around, he really knew what to expect more. He, you know, understood more about the food, you know, all these different components. So, um, it definitely helped the second time around. How did you feel, um, when you got that phone call? Well, we were tracking him all night. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. (laughs) yeah, Once he, we knew he was about 50 miles away and they started just kind of moving fast. I just knew it. It was, I was probably around, I don't know, maybe seven o'clock at night and I had 50 miles left and we all just knew he's just plugging through until he's done. Um, Did you you get any sleep his last 50 miles? No, no, I stayed up, I think till maybe three 30 in the morning, then figured out, you know, his pace. And then I think I set my, at that point, set the alarm for every hour just to check. <laughs> and then, yeah, I think he finished around four 30 in the morning, something like that. Oh man. Um, and I just text him, you know, Oh, you know, so happy for your congratulations. And, oh, and I think he called me about, yeah, an hour later, but we all knew the second he crossed the, the finish line. What, what day was it that he finished? I don't remember. What, what was it like a weekend or was it a weekday? Um, no, I think it was a Wednesday. Maybe. Okay. Did you, did you have to go to work that day after being up all yeah, night? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely had to. Yeah. That, that but, sucks. But, you know, I mean, guys. yeah. Uh, how good was it hearing his voice after all that? That was great. How did, Knowing did he, he was all in one piece and yeah, yeah. healthy. Yeah, it was the main thing. And just, you know, such an accomplishment. And, you know, yeah. hearing that in his voice too was great. How, how tired did he sound? Cause he said, you know, he, he talked about being pretty much out of his mind trying to get to the finish there. Did, did, could you tell he was pretty whooped or. Oh yeah. And then he just, you know, 
crashed for hours, I think after that. And, you know, it was coming home is hard because you're so sore and yeah. all the logistics of, you know, managing the bags and things like that. So yeah, he was, I could definitely tell when he got home, he took him a little bit to recover. Yeah. yeah but. I, I bet. So like, so hearing it, you know, hearing, seeing him finish is the dot. That's one thing hearing his voice. That's another thing. And then, mm-hmm. um, I get, did you meet him at the airport when he flew back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Picked how was up. it to see him? Did he look did that was he, great? Yeah. How, how long after the, I didn't even ask him how long after the finish did he, did he get, did he get back? Um, I, I think I was just, I was kind of pushing him to come home sooner <laughs> yeah. than he yeah. probably should have. But, um, I think he, he, it was maybe Wednesday night, really late that he finished. And I think he got, he flew home Saturday. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, he had a, but he had a bunch of work calls and things. So he had to do that right away. Um, oh man. Yeah. But yeah, he probably could use a little more rest, but I was, could, just got to come home. So, so even after uh, days like that, uh, could you, could you see the wear and tear on him a little bit? I mean, you know, did he look like he just ran? He yeah. He looked very miles. tired. He was sunburned. I checked his feet. I'm like, <laughs> like rip the socks off. Let me see your feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, he, I mean, he looked tired, but, he always seems to look great after races too. So I don't know, but he did definitely look tired, sunburn. No, that's good. He's supposed to, I mean, he's supposed <laughs> yeah. to look tired. I'm, I'm kind of glad yeah. to hear that. You know, if, if yeah. I hear he was strutting down the airport without a, a care in the world, I, I, yeah, I, you no. know, super showing. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so what are your thoughts about, uh, about a thousand miles? Oh, I don't know. I'm, um, <laughs> I kind of knew that was coming. Uh, <laughs> I think I figured when, when he, when we were talking, I was like, he's going to bring that up. But yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, you, I, you have to be supportive and of course, you know, I know it, it's, you know, feels great to accomplishment and finish it. And yeah. Um, yeah. So of course I'm supportive. I will worry, yeah. you know, for much longer and have to come <laughs> up with some way to distract myself. <laughs> yeah. But, take up, take up crocheting or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Right. Something you can do while you watch a dot. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Oh man. Well, um, and I, I tell this, I say this often about, you know, with my wife and, um, you know, there's something inside of us as, as guys. And then some of us that where we want to push our limits and thank, thank you. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say thank you for Sean for supporting, <laughs> for supporting that because I, I understand having that support and it means a yeah. lot, you know, um, because there's just something inside of us that wants to, to push and do, and it, not really to prove anything to anybody else, but like ourselves, just to see where, see how far is too far, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out. So, <laughs> yeah. so, all right. So last, last question, I guess, um, are you, you have any interest in running ultra marathons? No, I don't. You don't? Um, okay. I'll just, just a question. Just a- yeah, we do. Well, we, um, have been doing the 14ers together, yeah, that's um, awesome. which is great. I mean, that is challenging for me. It takes yeah. me a whole day to finish. Um, we've had some fun adventures doing that. So no, my goal yeah. was kind of just to do one of those a year until I can't do them anymore. So, um, yeah, we're definitely going to cool. do that this summer. Yeah. So, I mean, never probably would have done any of that if I hadn't met him. So you know, it's, uh, it's definitely been fun dabbling in a very small way into the whole, um, kind of, you know, craziness, outdoor adventures. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's, that's, that's really awesome that you, you know, you, you, you've done, you do that and you're taking that time with him and, you know, dipping your toe into, into, to that world. So, uh, that's, that's quality time together, man. That's adventuring together. That's cool. Yeah, it's great. 
Yeah. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for giving your perspective. Uh, I know he puts you on the spot there and, uh, but, uh, but no, thanks. I think that's important for, for everybody to hear, uh, your perspective on that. And thanks for supporting Sean and all the things that he does. Yeah. Thanks for, um, hosting us. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, you take care. 